Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Diversity in Fellowship podcast. We are at the close of the year. 2020 seems like it's been going on forever, yet it seems yes. like it went by kind of fast. So Goodbye, 2020. Yes. Yes. This, we need an episode for saying goodbye. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of a, a catch-all closing of the year episode where we're going to revisit some of the issues we have already talked about in previous episodes. Uh, first one we want to jump back to is actually our last episode on the talk. And Brother William has a resource for us that we um, left out of the last episode. Yes. Uh, my wife, who is a faithful listener to uh, the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. Yes. Um well, we were talking about uh, the last episode with the talk, and she um, had recommended uh, uh, readers or listeners or other folks um, pick up Jasmine Holmes' book, which is called Mother to Son, uh, and then the subtitle is Letters to a Black Boy on Identity and Hope. Um, and so just a really good resource for, um, I think she particularly addresses the talk, uh, in, in that book, uh, yes. and then also just addresses other, other issues that you're going, you know, um, children of color, color are going to have to deal with, particularly sons, um, um, black boys, obviously. But, uh, and so I think that'd be a, just a great, great resource for folks, a good, good way, um, good way to kind of, um, talk think through that issue a little bit more, a little bit further, a little bit deeper. So um, so anyway, just a great book. Otherwise, I encourage you to pick that up. Uh, so that was one thing we wanted to one thing we wanted to touch on today. Another thing that we wanted to touch on uh, a few episodes back, it's been uh, several several episodes back now at this point. Uh, we talked about kind of um, racism in the uh, SBC, in the Southern Baptist Convention, kind of race relations, race issues uh, within the SBC. And recently, uh, something happened that we wanted to comment on. So, Kenny, Kenny, why don't you kind of fill us in on what it was that took place and uh, kind of lead us into discussion about that. So, recently, the six seminary presidents of uh, Southern Baptist Convention seminaries came together and they issued a statement basically saying that critical race theory and intersectionality are incompatible with the Baptist faith and message 2000. And so they, they issued this statement um, and it has mixed reviews, right? Mixed reviews. So um, some people think it was great. It was great for them to come out against strongly against CRT and intersection intersectionality and some people feel like that um, they basically threw minorities under the bus right. um, through this statement. Mm. Um, so how would you um, characterize um, that statement that the seminary presidents came out with? Well, let me, how about we do this? Let me, let me talk a little bit about the good and you can talk a little bit about maybe, maybe the bad or uh, the, the other side of it. I, I think on the, 
in their defense, I think part of what unfortunately they are having to do is say to people who are who are accusing them of being liberal in their theology, having liberal professors, um, you know, having professors who might talk about CRT or even look at some of C, you know talk about some of those things, the history of it. Uh, try to look at you know there. So you have all, you have this kind of movement that's happening within the SBC of people saying, well, because because these presidents are allowing those types of discussions and allowing those types of things to happen, uh, then our seminaries are actually moving liberal, right? Again, which was a problem prior to the conservative resurgence, yeah, um, in the early '80s. And so, um, I think the presidents. I don't think that that's true. I don't. I don't think a lot of people thought that that's true. But there was a large enough contingent that that's what's happening, that they felt like they needed to come out and say, "Hey, let's just be clear. We want to be clear on where we stand concerning CRT. We, we want right. to be clear concerning where we stand uh, with intersectionality." And so, in that sense, I, I get that. Uh, my hope is is that that's going to silence uh, at least some of that that push that that other contingency that's trying to, to argue that they're being liberal. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be what's happening. Right. You know? uh, they're, they're just basically saying, yeah, but what about this professor? Or what about what this professor said? Or what about this? Or what about this? You know? And so it's like, you know, the goal of it was to try to say, Hey, look, we're not moving liberal. We support the scriptures. We believe in inerrancy. We know that CRT does not line up biblically, um, which I think was all help. Like those are helpful statements. Yes. Um, but that's, <laughs> It's not going to be enough to kind of silence the group that I think they were trying to trying to address, but the prop there is some pretty significant problems with kind of how they handled it. So why don't you what what do you see as kind of one of the the difficulties of what they tried to accomplish? I would say because they were trying to cater to a certain group of, of people who have used uh, critical race theory as a boogeyman or, mm. or as a, um, as a way to shut down any discussions on systemic racism. Like right. People will, well, we, we've talked about this in previous episodes where if you start talking about systemic racism, you can be late labeled a social justice warrior or right. a Marxist are somebody who affirms CRT, and that's a way that they use that. They use that to shut down any discussion on mm. on systemic racism. So because they they seem to be catering to that group, it 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 makes us who who feel like we need to have these discussions on systemic racism that you're throwing us under the bus. Right. It, it makes it feel like that you're not affirming that there is systemic racism in in um the nation or or in the world hmm. i would say that just giving them leading with grace with them i would say that they don't mean that right because they did they were very careful to to lay out that racism still exists right but they they need to be clear about saying that hey you can talk about systemic racism without being a proponent of CRT. CRT. Yes. I, I think one thing they also failed to do was actually define CRT. Yeah, but nobody's our, doing that. Right, nobody's doing it's that. It's all over the place. Nobody's interacting really with um, with the tenets of, of yes. the belief. And for, from even the limited research that I've done, it's like... Right. It's hard to nail down. It's, it's really hard to nail down what CRT is, what components could be good, what components could be bad. So right. I think what we need to do is we need to say that, yeah, there, there's um, there's ways in which this can go 
really into left field. Yes. And we want to um, really shout from the rooftops that those things are bad. But right. there also there, there could be some things within CRT um, and some things that I've read that could be ways in which we can um, help explain some mm-hmm. of the problems with systemic racism or some of the yeah. ways in which we can we can see systemic racism. So they, they should have done, I feel, a better job of interacting with what CRT is and what parts are actually incompatible with right. um, with the, the Baptist faith and message. Right. Um, I think they, they, they really do need to do a, a better job of of really affirming to their their um, brothers and sisters of color mm. that mm. what we are not saying is that any discussion of systemic racism is CRT. Yeah. Because there, there's actually a professor who came out recently, a professor at Midwestern who came yes. out recently and said any discussion of, of systemic racism is CRT. Right. Like any, any idea of that is, is CRT. So what that's going to do and what, what I see happening, what I see discussions being had is that a, a lot of brothers and sisters of color are saying we want nothing to do with the SBC. That's right. And, and and so the diversity uh, in the SBC that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. I, I think it it what we're what we're going to see is that it's going to actually get worse. I know. I mean, there's there's brothers and sisters who've been fighting this battle for for years and years, and they are getting weary mm-hmm. in, in regards to how how do we keep trying to be a part of this denomination that doesn't seem. <laughs> You know, at at points that doesn't seem to really want us within this denomination. Now, I'm not that I'm not at that point because I haven't been here that that long. Right. But there are some. Right. That's reassuring to me as your co-pastor. Yes. Yeah. There there are some brothers and sisters who are like, man, I've been. And we we talked about that with um, even within that episode, diversity in SBC, how how, you know, a certain brother left and. Yeah, and and how he felt within the SBC, and and I, and I think that is just going to um, perpetuate itself if they are not clear about right. um, w- what we mean in these statements. I mean, the good thing is is that you do have um, white brothers and sisters in the SBC who are coming out and and clarifying. Yeah, like like this is what I feel. Even JD Greer, I mean JD yeah. Greer does a great job as as the president of the SBC to to make sure that um, brothers and sisters of color are, are are feeling welcome. So yeah, that's what I would say would be the the bad part of it. But I I, I do agree that they, they do need to speak out on, especially mm-hmm. with the history uh, of the. SBC and, and the seminaries and, and just in any um, kind of mainline Protestant denomination, like the right. seminaries usually go liberal and then it trickles down to the de- to the denomination, the leadership within the denomination, not necessarily the congregations, but the. Mm-hmm. And so you do need to um, take those issues or those um, heresies or mm-hmm. or aberrant um, theologies and, and really deal with those things and and. And and be strong in it. Don't don't just um, issue some blanket statement, but really um, interact with it better. Yeah, yeah. I th- my my fear is that um, I, I mean I, I feel like there are brothers who are kind of on the edge. Yeah, of the SBC kind of figure out okay where is this going to go? What's happening? You know what? And then this kind of 
was a setback. Yes. For many of them, you know, it was like, man, that, you know, like, and uh, my hope is, is that some of the clarifications can, can hopefully, you know, pull them back in. They can see what some of the other things that were going on, some of the motivation of it. Um, but, but I, but I, my, you know, the other, the other side of me worries that no, they're just going to, just going to, that's going to be the straw that, that they finally say, okay, nobody's really listening here. Yes. Nobody really wants to listen. Right. They want to talk about listening and talk about racial reconciliation or whatever, but they don't really want to listen to what, what's happening. And so, um, I, I hope, and I pray that that, that's not their conclusion, but okay. So that was. Definitely, I think uh, something we want to continue to watch and continue to see how that that plays out and and talk about. Uh, again, if you're a listener and you're wondering why we wonder about that, we Kenny and I both are you know we're pastors of the same church and it's an SBC church and so SBC matters are um, something that's important to us and so that's why we talk about them. Uh, a third issue, right? Crazily enough, Kenny, here we are in December and yes. we're still dealing with the election. Oh man! I just want it to be over. I mean, right. I wanted it to be over in like first second week of November. Don't but, turn off the podcast. But here, that's right, right. <laughs> if we know that if you are a little bit, uh, if you have election fatigue, right? If you have some election fatigue, uh, then we get it. We, we understand that. Uh, but one thing that there is a there is something uh, in particular that's happening within the election and kind of what's what's happened since the vote. Uh, that does impact diversity and fellowship. Does yes. impact racial relations. And so, Kenny, help us help us see what's kind of going on there. Well, yeah, when, when you have uh, this disputed election, and and you see um, the president and and the people who support him making um, different challenges within the court, or making different um, claims of um, of voter fraud and things like that. A lot of those are targeted towards um, areas where there is a heavy population of minorities. And so when you see in Michigan where a lot of the challenges are focused in on Detroit or in Pennsylvania, where we're talking about Philadelphia or in Georgia, where we're talking about Atlanta, uh, these cities, these, these bigger cities have a a higher proportion of of black people and other minorities. And so when you are singling out those areas, I I fear what's going to happen is, is that um, conservatives, Republicans, whereas they already don't have that support, right? They are, they're going to have no chance of ever gaining that support Mm -hmm. um, forever. I mean, right. for 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 at least some generations, right? Really losing ground. Yeah, you're just going to be losing ground as far as um, ever trying to get the support of African Americans, and, and and like we talked about in 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 other episodes, there are things that conservatives believe that African Americans can can rally around, right? Um, but. If you are constantly um, challenging or, or if there's constantly going to be accusations of voter fraud in our communities and, and those things need to be investigated, those things, it's OK for the president to challenge those things. But there needs to be some consistency yeah. when, when it comes to 
what are we going to challenge and and what are we not going to challenge? So if you're mm-hmm. going to challenge mail-in voting in, in Pennsylvania, well, why are you not really challenging it in, in Arizona where right. it was actually benefiting you when the yeah, mail-in yeah. votes were that's coming That's why. They're, they're, right. You, <laughs> right. Yeah. you just gave the reason yeah. why that's not happening. Yeah. And so we, we as and, – and then what this also does is that I, I feel like because we are so um, we're so being discipled by our parties is that Christians are really, you know, knocking heads about mm. about the election. And so we have to be careful to um, to just maintain our, our gospel unity and not let these things um, mm. divide us. But I, I really do feel like um, they're going to lose ground. Like I'm I'm fairly conservative as far as right. the way that I vote. But as I think about it, it's like, you know, I'm politically homeless as, right. as we talked about it yes. in mm-hmm. the diversity in, in voting um, episode. But it seems like, like it's, it's, there's becoming fewer and fewer people that you can actually vote for. Right. Yeah. Like that, that number is like, <laughs> I could probably yeah. count on my hand right now. The number mm-hmm. of people I would, I would vote for in 2024. Yeah, I mean, I would say a, a lot of conservatives are watching closely how the Republican Party, senators, you know, other others uh, are handling this issue. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not going real well. Not at all. I mean, it, you know, it's just not encouraging. You know, it just seems like, um, well, I mean, it's, it's everything from are we just being sore losers to... You, you know, yes. to the other end of the spectrum, where it is like, is are you are you intentionally targeting black communities? Like what? And, and we don't want to believe that, but I mean, it does have this appearance of, yeah. you know. And so, uh, you know, I mean, how much how much damage are we doing to you know voter trust? I mean, just trusting right. in the ele- election process. And so, it is it is difficult. And I'm and I'm with you, right? I mean, I I want it to be fair. I I. I want voter fraud to be challenged, and 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 I I think we need to to do all that, but we also have to be careful that we're not being blinded. You know, we're not just doing that because we want our party to win. Yeah, right. We're mad our party didn't win, and so you know we're going to do this. And so I, I I think we have to be, um, you know, very very careful. And and the flip side of it is obvious, right? Um, the Democratic Party for for m- most of of President Trump's um, term questioned the election in 2016. Yes. And Republicans and conservatives were just shaking their head and come on, this is ridiculous, (laughs) and what are you doing? And now the shoe's on the other foot, you know, and it's just like, man, we... we Uh, let's just all agree to move in a different direction, you know? Like, let's let's not do this particular, and maybe that's a... I think that these, like, like, like you said, there needs to be consistency... Uh, with everyone yeah. like I, I think it would be foolish for those of us who who believe in total depravity that everybody is a sinner to say that the election um like all elections are 100 percent above board sure yeah yeah right if there's too many ways to yeah yeah there, many factors right we but we we have to be consistent in, in realizing that all sides are going to find ways in which to get an advantage and and they're going to use some sort of illegal means in to do that. They they're going to try to blur the lines a bit in order to get an advantage. Right? And if you if you believe that in regards to voting, 
then you should also be able to see that when it comes to systemic racism. If you can believe in systemic issues in an election, Mm -hmm. you should also be able to see it in racism. And Mm -hmm. if you can see it in racism, you need to be able to need to be able to see it in, Mm -hmm. in voting. Yeah. And so we know us knowing that everyone is a sinner and that sinners create uh, systems that are going to be yeah. sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be able to acknowledge that, hey, um, you're going to have systemic issues across the board. But how can we fix those things? Like yeah. we, we 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 are people who also believe in the hope of Jesus and and that the gospel can can redeem not only individuals, but also systems. Right. Yeah. And so how how can we go about fixing those things without um, alienating or disenfranchising Mm. whole groups of people? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn to one more controversial issue. The uh, here in the next few weeks, possibly, probably, maybe even today, who knows, uh, as far as the time frame goes, but. The COVID vaccine is apparently about to hit the streets. Hey, maybe hit the streets. It's probably the wrong term. Hit, hit the, the hospitals. Hit the hospitals. <laughs> what do you think is going on here, I don't William? Know, man, that's my, that's bad. <laughs> Wherever they're going to distribute that uh, is going to be happening. And there's, as we knew, there's already controversy about who's going to take it, who's not going to take it. Uh, some of that is just simply, you know, a medical, cons- you know, medical issues. You know, is this safe? Yeah. Have we had enough time to test it? And I think, I think some of those are. Those are legitimate questions to ask. Yes. We want to be very careful. If you saw the movie I Am Legend because you're a Will Smith fan, then you know <laughs> crazy things can happen because of vaccines, right? There's William starting that a cons- wait conspiracy see. theory, right? Yeah. Um, but there is a particular issue, again, another particular issue that has some um, uh, that that is impacted by race uh, concerning the vaccine. And Kenny, you said you've kind of seen some talk and seen some things going on about that. So help us understand what that is. So this vaccine was um, created in record time. And that, I mean, that does show um, just just the ability that God has given humans, yes. right, to to be creative, to kind of kind of reflect um, some of his characteristics in that. So we, we do praise God for um, the ability of our of our um, scientists and yeah, TGC had involved. an article that talked about that. That they said, you know, one they thing did. we should all be thankful for yes. the fact that we could come up with something like this in such a quick time, right? Yes. There should be a so I anyway. That's a good resource if you're out there, right? Um, but also, what um, because of the history of our nation and the way that they have um, just done experiments on people of color throughout the years. Um, there's a lot of distrust as to, you know, is this vaccine going, are are we going to actually take this vaccine? What are some examples of some of that, Kenny, in the history? Well, you have um, in the 20th century, um, starting in like 1930s to like the 1970s, you had the Tuskegee experiment, the Tuskegee study where uh, these people were actually given black men syphilis Mm. to see that how they would respond like intentionally giving them syphilis and not necessarily treating it just to see how that would respond and and so all the different things that come like syphilis can lead to blindness and all types of other um, different issues and so when you 
when you, when you see things like that, and then you have um, the, the the doctor who's considered the uh, father of modern gynecology, mm. um, experimenting on black female slaves, right, right, without any anesthesia or anything mm. like that, right, um, doing doing all these experiments on them, and then you do in in World War Two there was a secret. Um, experiment like we're gonna we're gonna test chemical weapons on minority soldiers right and so you have all these and and then you probably have more that went on that we we just don't sure. know about know, or, yeah. or that i'm just not going to mention but there's so many different um shady things that have happened in our history to where black people are like um do, do we take this vaccine or I'm not going to take this vaccine. or I'm going to wait to take this vaccine. Mm. I remember even when they were um, beginning the studies, they were, they were black people were like, we're, we're not going in for the studies. And the people right. were like, we actually need you to show right. up for we the need studies. To, we need to make sure that <laughs> right. this is going to work for like, minorities. And yeah, right. Right. But you know, because of the d- distrust of the medical community, because of the history of, of all these different things, like, mm. um, you you just have a lot of distrust there, and, right? And you're you're not gonna have a. Hopefully, um, you can get some people who mm-hmm. are um, yeah. who who have a voice within the black community or our communities of color to 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 really um, come out in support of this, so that yeah. people can get vaccinated. I know President Obama is gonna supposedly do it, in you know publicly yeah, take his vaccine, mm-hmm. and, and so those things can can be helpful. Um, to build that trust within the community, mm. um, but but we do have to do a better job of um, yeah of kind of building that trust back between people of color and the medical community. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, I mean, that TGC article I thought was really helpful for me because I you know I had some of the medical questions. I was like, yeah. what in the world? Um, and I don't I don't know the title of that, but anyway. Uh, and then and then uh, Russ Moore did an interview. Uh, Russell Moore did an interview um, with. I can't remember his name either. That's terrible. But he he talked about, they talked about the vaccine and kind of why they felt like, you know, it could be trustworthy. And so those are good things. Those are good things to read, watch, study about. I I do think that's going to be something that's going to have potential to be divisive. Yes. um, uh, In the coming weeks, um, as far as how people approach it, how people respond to it, whether they take it, whether they don't. Uh, But that... Um, that racial issue, I think, is probably one of those things that probably many of us would be unaware of. That that you know that the black community would have kind of a part of that history is what's kind of making them distrust the vaccine, right? right? Like, whoa, 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 let's be careful here. So, um, I think that's I think it's important for us to understand and, and be aware of. Well, we want to um, we want to close today with some. Uh, we're, we're calling it today our Christmas diversity. Resources and the reason why we're doing that for a couple reasons. One, if maybe you're looking for some gifts to to buy folks, uh, some books or something like that, we we want to encourage you in in that regard. Uh, and then two, you know, a lot of people kind of have some free free uh, time through Christmas, and maybe they pick a book that they want to read or something that they want to watch, or maybe they get some money, get a, get a gift card, Amazon gift card, and they want to <laughs> buy a book or download a book uh, for Kindle or something like that, and so. We're gonna we're gonna kind of limit ourselves. We've we've tried to give you resources all the way through uh, up to this point, but Kenny, if you had to pick one resource, one Christmas resource, this would be a great book for you to read. This would be a, a great um, 
uh, just something for you to read over the holidays or to use those Amazon gift cards on, what would that one resource be? It would be Reading While Black by Esau Macaulay. And the reason why I, I choose this resource is because I, I believe we as followers of Christ need to gain an, an appreciation and an understanding of how um, black people come to come to the word of God. Yes. Not in a faithful manner, not necessarily in a, in a yeah, heretical yeah. manner or, or just um, making, you know, making our identity um, mm. black before we are Christian. But um all the reviews I've seen is that Esau does a really good job of, of um, explaining, you know, uh, helping us understand how, how black people approach the, the Bible and giving mm-hmm. us an appreciation of uh, the black interpretation of mm-hmm. the Bible. Good, good. Um, what about you, brother? What, what resource would you yeah, suggest? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I, I think for me, and this is this is the one that we've talked about a lot, and it's the one that we read in our men's study this year, but I, I think I would recommend Beyond Racial Gridlock by Yancey, yes. uh, George Yancey. I, it was really, really helpful for me as a white man to get, um, you know, a black brother's perspective on just kind of approaches to uh, racism in our country. Yes. A, kind of approach. Here's some different approaches. I thought he did a good job. I, this was think I was thinking about when we were talking about CRT. He did a good job of trying to say, okay, here's some good things about this approach. Here's some really poor things about this approach, right? Yeah. And then and then really at the end, offering his own approach, um, um, the mutual responsibility approach, which I thought was just really really helpful, uh, really really good. If you've got, you know, you could read. It's not a hard read. Um, you know, you could read that in a couple of weeks. And so, just a great great resource has been super helpful for to me, and I would encourage that. Yes. Um, all right. So crazy question. Last crazy question for the year. So we'll. This is our Christmas episode. We'll, so we'll we'll go down that path. Kenny, what was your most memorable Christmas gift? My uh, most memorable Christmas gift. Uh, when I was younger, I probably was a toddler, but um, <laughs> mm. my uncle Kenny, who 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 actually named after mm-hmm. her. he he was um in the air force in okay. england so he came to uh sykeston with my aunt to visit and he um i think he bought me some rock'em sock'em robots oh rock'em man. sock'em robots are awesome i think That's you can still stuff. get them man. yeah oh, yeah yeah they probably not made we, as, as we got sturdy. some for ian and isaiah a few years ago right. or maybe a couple years ago yeah probably not made as sturdy as they were back then nah. but uh you know, they were talking like robots. They're made of like metal. They're made of metal back <laughs> right. then. Right. You could probably, you probably kill Come somebody in. with those things back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> Come out of that bleeding, man. But that same Christmas, my uh, older brothers, they got like a racetrack. Mm. And so, like, I, yes. I love my rock and rock and robots, but I was right. too young to actually play with their racetrack. So I was like trying to sneak right. in and play. It was a tough it. Christmas. <laughs> right. It was, it was a tough Christmas. You're like yeah, I was, full I was, of joy, rock right. and rock full of jealousy. Very conflicted. Yeah. It was, right. That was difficult. Yeah. Yes. What Very about good. you, brother? What was I, your most memorable yes. Christmas gift? So when I was, I can't remember how old I was. It would have been, I guess, would have been, I think I was around the sixth grade is when the original Nintendo came out. Oh, man. Right? Yes. And so I, I, I kind of knew of it, but I literally thought, I thought, well, I'll never get one of those because that's for rich people. Yes. I mean, because at that point, I mean, getting stuff like that, I mean, having, now it's it's almost hard for people to comprehend, well, I guess maybe most of our listeners remember these times, but, yes. Um, you know, there was a time when everybody didn't have a video game system in their home. Right. You know? And so I remember when I got, when we got that, 
and I opened it and I was like, this is the most amazing thing. And and plus it was kind of an identity crisis for me because I was like, does this mean we're rich? Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm like, <laughs> right. am I a rich, am yes. I part of a rich family? Because, um, you know, what in the world? We've got a Nintendo, you I know? know? And so for days and days and days we sat and played the Nintendo and I just always remember that being such a, such a, you know, because I wasn't expecting it. I, right. I really honestly didn't think that was something that we were going to get. And so. We're not rich um, enough for Nintendo. Well, you know, you know, uh, now I realize finance is better, and but, but at, the, at that point I was still struggling. <laughs> but that was that was one of the most memorable gifts, just simply because it was, uh, you know, and I could throw a sentimental one. in. my grandmother got me a, um, a study Bible. Oh, I think when I was a junior, maybe in high school, junior senior, and um, I still have it to this day. You know, it's my NIV oh, study great. Bible. Got her, uh, her. You know, she signed it in the front, oh, and that man. one's always. That's always mattered to me. So, well, good things, man. We hope you guys have a great, great, great Christmas. We just want to thank you so much. If you have listened to this point, uh, we just thank you so much for sticking with us. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, the next two weeks, we're uh, not going to be putting out any episodes. Uh, we'll come back strong in January. We're excited. We're going to try to do some interviews in January, bring some people in to talk about, um, talk more about some of the issues that we've been talking about and uh, so we are really looking forward to that, excited about that. Share the podcast with others who you think it might benefit. Talk with it. Uh, talk with others over Christmas about it, and uh, we'd appreciate that. But uh, we really appreciate you guys, and uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next year. Thank you all. Have a blessed holiday. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.